Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A splendid alone. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a tremendous podcast for you as Danny Vietti. He does MLB coverage for CBS Sports. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to have a nice little chat with him about what the MLB is doing to try to come back, where the talks are with that regard, and the fact that the Miami Marlins seem to be having some organized team activities once again, takeaways from that, and a little bit about the KBO as well. In the final segment, I will be giving you a side and total on every game on today's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call touch them all. And I always love being able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. At GUnit underscore 81 is where you're able to fire them in. If you send these via direct message, well, those letters CM to me, me does not matter, but send these into the timeline. More than happy to give you an answer. Really didn't get in anything today, but what we did get was a whole lot of unders in the KBO. I guess you can call it Wednesday morning. I keep saying it on this podcast. It is still very awkward and strange to say, but let's take a look back at Wednesday morning's results, try to find some trends, and get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Only three teams in the KBO broke the three-run plateau Wednesday morning. As you had five games and you had five unders, and the highest scoring of the teams, that would be the KT Wiz, a.k.a. 
our good friends of Smiling Blobs. They take down the Hanwha Eagles by a count of 8-1. to one. And for Hanwha, this has been the top under team out there in the KBO. They've only played two overs so far this year. Of their 14 games, two have had their runs and their opponent's runs combined go north of nine. So certainly has been a little bit of doldrum period for them as it is one of these things where they've been dealing with a lot of injuries as well. Jared Hoying who is the team's main foreign-born position player, has been out of the fold for about five days now. And you saw with Hanwha, they were able to get some runners on base. Seven hits, five walks, but only one run to show for it. And that came in the eighth inning. Meanwhile, our good friends, KT Wiz, a.k.a. the Smiling Blobs, they were able to get all the runs without a home run. They got to Jing Meng Jae. He wound up giving up a grand total of six runs and 12 hits over the course of four innings. I love whenever broadcasters say, oh, he scattered X amount of hits over X amount of innings. Well, this was not scattering hits. This was clumping them. Good news for Anwa is that the bullpen was actually pretty solid. They go a combined four innings. They give up two runs. And then how about Bay J Song? He was absolutely terrific for KT. He has made three starts so far this year as a 0.89 ERA. He goes seven strong in this one. Does not give up a single run. He only issued two walks. He's been doing a good job with his command so far. Bullpen from there. They give up one run over the course of two innings. Our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they have actually gotten quite hot after a very bad start to the year. They are now on a five-game winning streak. You've got another team that has been doing a very good job of getting the job done all year long at the NC Dinos, but they fell just short against the Doosan Bears by a count of 2-1 to one after 11 innings. And for Doosan, they wind up getting a win in 11 innings while being able to muster just three hits. This was a very good pitching performance. Chris Flexen, who we all remember being a not-so-great for the New York Mets, he was absolutely terrific in this one. He goes eight innings. He gets 10 punch outs. The only run that he gave up was a solo home run. That was hit by... Yuji Yang, he is the backup catcher for the NC Dinos. He was able to go deep in this one as Kim Tae Jun. He has been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury, so they've really been having him do nothing more than pitch hitting. And then how about Ku Chang Mo? He has been mowing guys down for NC. How about through three starts? A 0.41 ERA. He goes eight innings in this one. He gives up two hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts, one walk. He has been absolutely terrific. 23-year-old. You got to think that at some point this guy is probably going to be coming over to the States. And both bullpens in this one were pretty spectacular. For NC, they wound up giving up one run in the bullpen. That was obviously the difference. And for Dusan, a team that has had a bullpen that... To put it politely, I struggled. Four strikeouts, no earned runs over the course of three innings. Gave up only one hit. I will say, Jose Miguel Fernandez was lifted late in this game. He's hitting at 436 still. I don't think it was anything serious, but he certainly has come back to earth a little bit. But what is of note, J.L.O. wound up leaving this game due to an injury as well. So that is something that you want to note with the Doosan Bears. And you want to note that the Samsung Lions actually have the top bullpen ERA in the KBO. They wind up getting the job done against the LG Twins by a kind of three to one. Now I will say this, the guy that's not getting the job done for the Samsung Lions, that would be Tyler Saladino. He is now hitting a buck 33. He had all of his RBI last year with the Milwaukee Brewers on two swings of the bat. He had two grand slams. Past that, he hit below 200. This guy is not very good. And the Samsung offense, it's not great in general, but you do have to like the fact that Kuja Wook was able to get two hits in this one, and Tyler Wilson gave a pretty solid start for the LG Twins. He was just let down a little bit by the fielding. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of seven innings, but only two of which were earned. He had just one walk, and then the bullpen from there is able to chip in an inning. But how about Choi Chang Hong? He winds up giving up just 
one run over the course of six innings, and the only run that LG was able to muster, Roberto Ramos being able to go deep. That is his league-leading sixth home run of the year. He's been doing a good job for LG. Problem was, the guys like Kim Young-Soo were not on like they typically are. The hitting machine went 0 for 4 in this game, and Kim Ming-Sung, who has been doing a solid job for the team so far this year, but has yet to go deep, he wound up not getting a hit either. We had something historic happen on Wednesday morning as well as the Lotte Giants wound up losing to the Kia Tigers by a count of 6-0. That's not what was historic, but what was truly historic was Dale Lee during the middle of this game with two men on and no outs, grounded into a traditional around-the-horn triple play. Needless to say, that was not ideal for those of us, including myself, that were on the Lotte Giants in this game, but Drew Gagione, who had been very, very bad in his first two starts. He had a 6-10 ERA. He was absolutely magnificent in this one. He goes six innings, was able to induce that triple play, was absolutely terrific. He was able to get the win in that one, and it looks like the Lotte Giants are 2-14 and in their last 16 games on the road against Kia. Obviously, a little bit of a different situation, seeing as though we don't have fans. And for Lotte, the bullpen was pretty good in this one. They wind up going three innings, giving up one run, and Action Dan Straley came back to earth. He had a 2-1-2 ERA going into this game in his first three starts. In this one, he got shelled a bit. Five innings pitch, he gives up five runs, all of which were earned, including a home run and four walks. The command just was not there for him. As for Kia, the man that went deep in this one, Choi Hung Woo, this has been big because Preston Tucker has really been doing a little bit of everything for Kia. He's been hitting nearly a 500, but for Mr. Hung Woo, his second home run of the campaign. And then when you take a look at Lotte, it seems like regression has really set in. Dixon Machado has had two hits over the team's last six games. Dale Lee starting to fall back to earth a little bit. And it does seem as though we are seeing the Kiwoom heroes fall back to earth as the SK Wyverns entered Wednesday with a 10-game losing streak. And they finally were able to get the job done by a count of 5-3. to three. The Wyverns were really able to get the job done in this one thanks in large part to their bullpen. The bullpen was able to go a combined four innings. They give up just one hit, no earned runs. Park Jung-hoon, he wound up giving up three runs over the course of five innings as a starter for the team as Ki-woom was able to get a home run early in this game. That came off the bat of Kim Hong-seong. This is someone that has really been able to heat up for this team a little bit recently. Only hitting a 226 for the year, but his second home run of the campaign, so he's starting to pick it up a little bit. He's one of the more highly touted players that you're going to find out there in the KBO, but Byungo Park's struggles continue. This is someone that led the KBO in home runs last year. He's right now hitting a buck 80 with two home runs so far this year, so that has not been ideal. And it was also not ideal that Kiwoom wound up being able to give up three runs over the course of four innings out of the bullpen as well, so that certainly did not go their way. And Lee Sung-ho, he wound up giving a decent start. Not necessarily a lot of length. He went five innings. He gave up two runs, and one of those runs was via the home run as Jamie Romack, who had 29 home runs last year, much like Byungo Park. He had been struggling a little bit, but he goes deep, his second home run of the campaign. Wyverns finally get off the shine. So that's what we all saw in the KBO on Wednesday. And coming up next, we are going to be joined by our good buddy Dan Vietti of CBS Sports. Going to talk a little MLB, going to talk a little KBO, and just have some fun with it on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. He has joined this podcast a lot the last 12 months, and it's because 
He does absolutely outstanding work for CBS Sports' MLB coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Vietti, and I will spell out that last name for you, V-I-E-T-T-I. Much like myself, he's been watching a little bit of the KBO, and he seems to be having some fun with it, and he's obviously keeping a close eye as to everything that's happening with trying to get us a baseball season here in the state. Danny, great to have you aboard today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing over there, Gray? We're doing great, thank you. And I know that, like I said, you got into the KBO much like myself a few weeks ago. What has been really your big takeaway with this league? Because I think it's a lot of fun, but I know that we were talking a lot last year about how the bullpens are so bad. The KBO makes the MLB bullpens look just absolutely sterling because it has been just wild to see these games at the end of the contest, to say the least. Yeah, that's a really good point. What my biggest takeaway is, is that people are starving for baseball. And I don't mean that in a degrading way to down on the KBO, not by any means, because I think there's a lot of talent in that league. It's a really good spot for some players to gain some confidence, maybe some major leaguers, guys like Tyler Saladino, who need a little bit of boost. And so it's been really entertaining to watch. At the same time, the attention to detail just isn't quite at the level as Major League Baseball. And that's expected. You know, I think by now everybody knows that Major League Baseball is the top league in the entire globe. I think the biggest takeaway really is there's a lot of talent over there. And there's a lot of people over here in the States that are starving for baseball. Because if you're waking up at 2.30 a.m., 3.30 a.m., which, trust me, I've been one of those guys waking up, set my alarm to watch KBO baseball. You're thirsty for baseball. And hopefully, you know, we're going to get some American baseball sooner than later. That just kind of depends on how this proposal goes. And you mentioned Tyler Saladino being a Milwaukee Brewers fan. It's not Tyler Saladino. It's Tyler Saladino. Oh, no, because he's hitting a buck 33 so far this year. All of his <laughs> RBI in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform last year came on two lucky swings of the bat with those two grand slams. So certainly I am right there with you. And obviously we are keeping track of what's all happening with the MLB as well. And I thought it was intriguing that a couple days ago, it seemed as though the Miami Marlins had reopened a couple things up. You saw guys like Jordan Yamimoto and company, they were able to get some workouts in, being able to throw some pitches. And I think that this is big because we've seen some teams like out here on the West Coast, the Seattle Mariners, the California teams, everything like that. They're not able to have the same luxuries as the Miami Marlins. And I do think that that's something to keep track of because I know that in the couple times that you've joined this podcast in 2020, we both been in agreement that the guys that are suffering the most from this layoff are these starting pitchers. And just even a few extra days, be able to loosen up that arm, be able to throw to a catcher, not have to have as much social distancing. I think that's going to be huge for teams like the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves that are in a little bit more open areas. Yeah, we've discussed it multiple times, and it really is going to be tough for pitchers in particular. It's a lot easier for hitters to get their work in. You can go out there with a tee, you can go out there in the batting cage, you can even buy you know, a pitching machine, and you can get your reps hitting-wise. But as for the pitchers, it's tough to find a catcher that's willing to put on the gear or at least just catch for you. When you're throwing balls at 95, 96 miles per hour, that's not a fun role to be in. It's not fun to be on the other side of it, so... It's been tough in order for all these pitchers to train and to get in shape. And I'm telling you right now, pitchers right now, I don't care how much they've been throwing, they are a ways away from being in game shape. They are going to need a modified spring training. And even by the time, let's say, hypothetically, we get a season and you know we're expected to start in July and things are going well, we're not going to be able to expect the pitchers to go seven innings deep, at least not right away. It's just been such an odd, odd time. And going to your point about Miami and Florida and, and states starting to open up, it's a really good sign because 
like I was just kind of saying, these pitchers need to start throwing to real catchers. They need to start building that camaraderie, maybe some new catchers around the block, Yasmani Grandel up in Chicago. It takes time to build that charisma. So the Miami Marlins, like you said, they're going to start resuming workouts. Their facilities will be open. However, no group activities will be permitted. Out in California, which is where I'm at, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that professional sports will be able to continue the first week of June. So we're starting to see some progress, as everyone knows, not to get too political here, but it's kind of a state-by-state case and even county-by-county case, depending on the state. So optimism continues to increase, which is a good thing. I still think we have a ways to go, but, you know, things are looking up, and I think that's good for us and good for baseball fans and good for baseball everywhere. Totally agree with you, as we do have Danny Vietti of CBS Sports joining me right here on the podcast, and you are so right with it, not just being safe by safe, but I'm someone that I'm a native of Wisconsin, I keep tra- I keep tabs with my friends, my parents, and everything like that, and it really is county by county, you have one county in which everything's open, one county in which everything is closed, so I mean, it really is fascinating to see, and what else I think is so interesting is maybe taking a couple things from the KBO and maybe trying to project forward to the MLB because I was watching one of the KBO broadcasts a few days ago and they were talking about the velocity of these starting pitchers being down. And I do think that it's a variety of different things. I do think that like we've been talking about, it's not having these game reps. It's being a little bit out of shape, the whole situation that we're in. But I know that one of the factors that the gentleman that was on the ESPN broadcast talked about as well is the factor of having no fans in the stands. You get a little bit more juice. You hear the roar of the crowd, the cheering, everything like that. I think that that might have a little bit of a factor. I'm not saying that we're going to see like a guy that throws 97 all of a sudden throw like 82 or something like that. But perhaps that velocity does go from like 99 to maybe 97.8. And that like mile, mile and a half per hour difference could be a little bit of something. I think that's an excellent point, and I don't think we should underrate or undervalue adrenaline. You see it every single year, and it's not just in the pros. It's college on down to high school. When playoff time comes around, everyone seems to throw harder. It doesn't just look harder. The proof is in the pudding. The statistics show that velocity increases when there's more on the line, when you have a little bit more adrenaline pumping. What goes into adrenaline? It's it's situational. So it could be whether it's playoffs, whether it's a big game, divisional game, whatever the case may be. And as you mentioned, it could be fans as well. So it's going to be a little bit strange. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw velocity go down a tick or two. Should be no excuse because at the end of the day, you're playing for a major league organization and these guys are professionals and they're going to be able to shoulder whatever fatigue they have and Whatever problems may arise, I think they're professionals. They'll be able to do just fine getting past it. But I think that's a solid point. I don't think we should underrate adrenaline as a factor because we've seen it. We've seen even like pitchers who maybe didn't have the best seasons. Maybe they struggled. All of a sudden, they get into a big role and they get that adrenaline pumping. And all of a sudden, you find it. From a player experience in my days, I don't want to say I would struggle every single time there was a small crowd. But it definitely helped get me jump-started when there was a bigger crowd or if there was more on the line. So, yeah, it could definitely be a factor. And I think the KBO has been a great example of how Major League Baseball can translate, not just with adrenaline and how the pitchers are going to look, but just how operationally how the game's going to go. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And we have noticed that the KBO umpires are being sent to the minors. And we're noticing that there still is a behind-the-plate umpire in the KBO. I know that in the 100 million billion proposals that we've seen with baseball, we've seen some of which there is a behind the plate on, but I've seen a couple of proposals in which they trot out there the electronic strike zone. 
Obviously, we don't know whether or not we're going to get it or not, but I actually think that the electronic strike zone would be ideal. I know that when they tested it in like the Atlantic League, a lot of these minor league organizations, it was a little bit less than ideal. But at the same time, it does, for one, promote the social distancing, which obviously baseball is looking to do because we saw the exhausted list of measures that needs to be taken, not being able to go to restaurants not being able to spit on the field, not being able to lick fingers, high five, everything like that. Why not just add it to it? And for two, you get out country Joe West and all these guys, and let's face it, is any casual fan going to be like, oh, no, I can't see Joe West call balls and strikes anymore? I personally, this has been kind of a conversation, not just right now, but a conversation that has been going on for years in regards to increased technology within the league. I personally veer towards either side. I don't lean either way. If we get more technology and we get this robotic umpire behind the plate, so be it. I'm not going to fight against it. I'm not going to fight for it. That's just my personal opinion. I have a feeling in 20 years, if we're looking at the game, we're probably going to have it. It's kind of an inevitable situation. But that being said, I have a third person's perspective, if you will. And I've always believed that the home plate umpire should actually be standing behind the pitcher. And Hear me out on this before anybody on this podcast thinks this is a terrible idea, but I think everybody can kind of agree that when we're watching the behind the pitcher camera view, which is, you know, the most used on the Major League Baseball broadcast, you can see the strike zone very well. Okay, now all of a sudden you place an umpire behind that pitcher where he has an even closer view. I don't think by some stretch of the imagination that that's a bad angle. And I think the angle behind the catcher where it's really, really tough for a home plate umpire to see height, at some point you're going to be guessing because you can't see whether the ball's crossing the plate. When the bat's swinging across the zone, the catcher's reaching across his body, it's really, really tough for these home plate umpires. And sometimes I don't think they deserve some of the flack that they get because I don't think they're putting them in a position to succeed. I truly believe if you stuck them behind the pitcher, they might have a better outcome. And in this position, they would be able to social distance. If that's the problem that Major League Baseball is concerned with as far as, you know, having the umpire, catcher and batter all within the same distance, that would be another way for them to social distance and, you know, maybe be another preventative approach to the game. And I think that all umpires would appreciate the fact that they'd probably get hit in the family jewels a time or two fewer every (laughs) single year as well as we do have Danny Vietti joining me right here on the podcast. And I mentioned it a few minutes ago with the whole umpire situation. Obviously, baseball is doing everything possible to take safety measures into a, into account. You just saw the 100 million billion pages that they're trying to all factor in. I've got to think that this is going to be a little bit modified. We're going to have the whole discussion of money. There's a, just a plethora of things that need to be sorted out for us to have a season. But the biggest one to me is, not being able to go to restaurants because my big question is, how are these guys when they're on these road trips, which you know are inevitable? The MLB is obviously trying to cut down on travel and everything like that, but how are these guys even going to be getting fed? Because I personally don't know the whole outlook of a major league clubhouse, so this is a little bit of ignorance coming in, but I'm just picturing someone like Miguel Cabrera hitting the road and having to buy like five candy bars out of a vending machine to try to feed himself for dinner, and it's like, yeah, that doesn't seem very good. Yeah, I personally think it'll be more like a college environment, if you will, in that these players are going to have stuff catered. They're just people, you know, and right now, all of us people are having to go to restaurants and do takeout and whatnot. And so there's a lot of stipulations and a lot of measures they're taking. I don't think they would implement it as strictly as people think. We've already seen in the KBO, there's people spitting on the ground. And I, I think 
you might get a nudge or you might get a, hey, let's knock that off too much spitting type thing going on if it starts becoming a habit and very obvious to the eye. But we're all people. We all make mistakes and we all want good food and we all sometimes want to choose some sunflower seeds. So I don't think we're going to have this authoritarian government going on with Major League Baseball. They're not stupid within the league. These guys know what goes on in the clubhouse. They know what goes on in the dugout. They're going to be a little understanding. At the same time, they're going to want to try and implement their measures. So when you're implementing these rules, it kind of goes back to any rules. If you're a parent and a child, a parent might start to implement certain rules. doesn't mean they know that the child's going to comply or listen to all these rules, but maybe you might turn a couple heads the next time you say something, or perhaps the next time you think about spitting or the next time you go to a restaurant, you might think twice about it. So I think that's Major League Baseball's goal. It's not just to knock those cases down to zero. It's just to make people more aware of it. Awareness is really the key here. It's too tall a task, in my opinion, to ask people to not spit, not go to a restaurant. I think Major League Baseball understands that as well. I think that's a very good point that you bring up. You promote a little bit more social distancing. You promote trying to do things in a little bit of a different manner, but at the same time, you take more of an even-steven approach. Like, it's absolutely impossible to go through 365 days a year without coming in contact with someone within six feet. And at the same time, you don't want to be high-fiving every single random stranger that you see on the street as well. So sort of taking that middle-of-the-road approach, I'm right there with you, Danny. And obviously, we don't know whether or not there's going to be an MLB season. We know that the owners and the players, they are going to be continuing to bargain for these next few days, if not these next few weeks. I know that you're doing a great job of being able to keep up with a little bit of everything along with good folks at CBS Sports. So I'd like to close it up with this. Just let the good people at home know where they can follow you on social media and just what you're all working on. Sure. So you're welcome to follow me at Danny Vietti on Twitter, and you can catch all my latest on CBSSports.com. I'll have a new piece coming out this Friday highlighting some possible players who are free agents who could fill the void if we see a designated hitter and implemented in the National League this year. So that'll be my latest. And, you know, just to give you an idea of where we're looking at baseball-wise, we were talking as a group today, a lot of the writers, and we're thinking seven to ten days. They're going to have to come up with a decision within these next seven to ten days. So hopefully that'll give you a timeline. And it was a pleasure joining you, as always, Greg. Absolutely. And I'm sure Danny is with me in that we are both hoping that we get some sort of an MLB season, even if it doesn't necessarily look the same as it has in the past. And Danny's doing a great job of keeping up with all of it. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast and coming up next. It is that time in which I give you a side of total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Danny Vietti of CBS Sports for joining me in the last segment, as it is now that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquirt1. As per usual, we'll throw out there the disclaimer that unlike in most situations in the MLB where you're able to go pitcher dependent, other than really at 
Pinnacle, I don't know if any others have really went this way, but you are actually betting on the team itself. It's one of these situations in which you really don't have the option of going pitcher dependent. If you wind up deciding to bet on the Kiwoom Heroes, their pitcher gets scratched, they wind up going with the bullpen game, well, you've still got the Kiwoom Heroes. So I do always want to throw that out there before going any further, so that way you guys know where I'm coming from. And as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and that begins with 304-609-304-610. You've got the Lote Giants, and they're hitting the road to face off against the Kia Tigers. And across the board, you're really finding the same price. Lote is laying minus 125. Kia is plus 105. But what is really varying is the total in this one, as we're finding it anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half. The over 10 and a half has juice of even. The under is minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're finding a 10, over is juice of minus 105. The under is minus 115. And this is a spot in which I do think that we are going to see quite a few runs as you don't have really too many American-born pitchers, not just in this game, but you don't really have them across the board in the KBO today as going for the Lotte Giants is going to be Park C. Wung. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, you've got Um Kia Young that is going to be taking the hill. And Kia Young is someone that has a career ERA of a 5.10 in the KBO. Things certainly have not gone well for him as he's got a 5.62 ERA so far this year. He used to be a little bit more of a reliever. He's been sort of a starter-reliever combo player last couple years, but he hasn't necessarily been able to give a whole lot of length. You take a look at his last 10 appearances. He has went north of five and a third innings just three times, so this isn't necessarily your distance guy. I will say this. He's been doing a very good job of not walking a lot of guys. He's had two walks or fewer in each out of his last six appearances, so that is something positive, and he doesn't necessarily give up the deep ball, but we do know this with Kia Tigers as well. The bullpen can be very hit or miss. They were able to save themselves a little bit in the last game, but Lote has actually proven to have a very good bullpen as well, which I do find very intriguing in this one. And with Lote, you got to think that after some regression with the lineup, they are going to be able to have a little bit of a better performance with guys like Deho Lee and company being able to bust out. Deo Lee is hitting above a 350 so far this year. He wound up grounding into that triple play Wednesday morning, but by and large, he has still been doing a solid job. Dixon Machado has seen his batting average dip to a 239. That's because he's got a grand total of two hits over the course of the last six games, but I do think that this will be a very good spot for him to bust out, and the Kia Tigers have been able to get a little bit of something as well. Channel Park at the top of the lineup, he has been solid. He's hitting right around a 270. One of the top base stealers in the KBO last year. He had 39 stolen bases. Well, it's only caught stealing six times, so that's something that you like Preston Tucker. He's hitting a 442, five home runs, 20 RBI. He certainly is able to get the job done, but you do have to fear that the bottom of the lineup for Kia is going to not be able to hold up their end of the bargain. Hong Sung Tiak has been hitting a 214 so far this year. He's got seven career KBO home runs. New John Juan is hitting a buck 88 as well. He had a 222 last year as well. And when you take a look top to bottom for Lote, it is a little bit similar, but a guy like a Shimbanji who's hitting right around a 240 so far this year is someone that I have a little bit more faith in. He hit more around a 260 last year, so I do think that that's going to be promising. I think that Lote is able to get a little bit more of the bullpen than Kia. And with Park C. Wong, this is someone that had a 420 ERA last year. He is a little bit of an up-and-coming player, 24 years old, 340 ERA over his last 10 starts. 
He's not necessarily going to have the greatest command. He's had two plus walks in four out of his last five starts, but he's not given up a home run in any of his last nine starts. I think he keeps the ball in the yard. I think the Kia's bullpen is going to get hit around a little bit. So for that reason, we are going to be laying it here with the Giants, and we are going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304611, 304612. The SK Wyverns are going to be hitting the road, and they're playing against the Key Womb Heroes. This is a wide-ranging number, as the Heroes are anywhere between minus 140 and minus 180 favorites, which means that with the Wyverns, you've got a range of numbers here, anywhere between plus 120 and plus 155. And the total that I'm seeing on this game is 9.5, and the 9.5 has overjuice anywhere between plus 105 and minus 105. Meanwhile, the under, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. And this is going to be one of the better projected starting pitching matchups that you're going to find in the KBO today, as going for the SK Wyverns, you have got Moon Sung Wan. Meanwhile, Han Han Hee is going to be taking the mound for the Kiwoo Heroes. Certainly have an intriguing spot as Moon Sing Wan has been up and down throughout his KBO career. Career right around 4.80 ERA. He's got a 4.63 so far this year, but what he does a very good job of is being able to get strikeouts. 11 and a third innings so far this year. He has punched out 14 guys, so he has been able to do a great job there. He has given up two home runs, but that was against the Lotte Giants and the NC Dinos, so he certainly has one up against a couple pretty good lineups, and when you take a look at the Key Womb Heroes, this is a team that just has not been able to get the job done on offense. Taylor Motter is right now in the minor leagues. He was just a hot mess for this team, and then you take a look at Biongo Park. Gotta think at some point this guy is going to be able to bust out. He led the KBO in home runs last year. He's only got two so far this year. He's hitting a buck 80. It certainly has been less than ideal, but I do think that at some point it's going to get going, and for Key Womb, this is a bunch that they had to use a bunch of bullpen arms yesterday, so you do have to expect them to be a little bit more tired in this spot, and I think that the Wyverns are starting to find their offense. A big key for them is being able to hit home runs, and Hong Dong Min has been able to do so so far this year. 341 average. He's went deep five times. Jamie Romack, who had 29 home runs last year, he entered into yesterday's contest, or I should say Wednesday morning's contest with one. He was able to go deep for his second. That, no doubt, is going to be a little bit of a confidence booster, and what else you have to like to see is that SK is starting to get some hitting on the bottom of the lineup. Kim Sung Han, the nine-hitter, is right now hitting a 294. Kim Chang Pyong has only been hitting at 216, but that's actually a come up from the book 78 that he had last year. He's only 19 years old, so he is starting to develop, and he's got great wheels. Did not have a stolen base all last year. He's already got five this year, so if he's able to get on base, he's able to be a little bit of a threat with that regard. And with Ki Woom, you gotta think that the bats are gonna be able to get going a little bit. I think that this is a good spot for SK, though, because I have a little bit more faith in their bullpen. I do think that Han Han Hee is going to wind up giving up a couple runs, because you take a look at what he's done so far this year. 409 ERA, but he was a reliever all of last year. He's being stretched out a little bit more. He's had a combined 11 innings across those two starts. And give him credit, 11 strikeouts, but I do think that he might be running out of gas a little bit. I think that this is a spot in which he gets hit, and he gets hit hard. So we are going to be laying it here with the SK Wyverns, and we are going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304-613-304-614. We've got our good friends, KT Wiz, a.k.a. the KT Smiling Blobs. And they are going to be playing us to the Hanwha Eagles. This is one of the bigger favorites that you're going to find on the board today as you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 160 and minus 175 when it comes to our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. Meanwhile, the Hanwha Eagles, you're going to find them as low as plus 130, but you're able to find them as high as plus 150 to plus 152. And the total on this game ranging between 10 and 10 and a half. With the 10, you are seeing a whole variety of juice. Overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 
120, which means that the under is anywhere between minus 115. I'm seeing bad juice at five dimes with regards to total on this one to even, and we're seeing a 10.5 out there as well. With the 10.5, over Zeus is minus 105. The under is minus 115. And for the pitching matchup, the smiling blobs are going to be trotting out there. So young John, meanwhile, Kim A. Wan is going to be taking the mound for Anwa. And Kim A. Wan is a 19-year-old that has actually been very good for the team. Buck 64 ERA. You have to like what you've seen out of him so far this year. And whenever he's taking the mound, things have actually went very well for Anwa. I mentioned it in the first segment. They have played just two games so far this year out of 14, in which a total went north of nine between them and the runs that their opponent has scored. And for Su Young Jun, this is something that's 18 years old, but he's been very solid. His two starts so far this year have been wins, 3-1-8 ERA. And what I'm really impressed with is the fact that he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Zero home runs given up in these two starts and just one walk. Typically, when you see a younger pitcher, you worry about command. I will say, he has given up a grand total of seven runs across these two starts, but three of them were unearned. So there's a little bit of an asterisk there. And for our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they certainly have been able to get a little bit of something out of Rojas. He has been hitting in the five spot and he's been absolutely terrific for the team. 436 average. Home runs are down a little bit from last year. He had 24 last year, two so far this year. And we have also seen leadoff hitter Siwoo Jun be absolutely terrific at the top lineup. He has at least two hits in now four of the team's last five games this after he got off to a little bit of a rough start. So he certainly has been able to do that. But the guy that you really need to highlight for KT, their young 20-year-old power hitter in King Beck Ho, he has hit five home runs so far this year. He had 13 last year. He's hitting a 358 so far this year. This guy has went on a little bit of a burner run. Six combined RBI over the team's last three games. I do think that there is going to be a little bit of regression here. I think that this is a game in which we're going to see some surprisingly good pitching from two young pitchers. And I do think that the difference in this game is going to be the fact that I have a little bit more faith in Hanwha's bullpen. The KT Smiling Blobs have been doing a little bit of a better job on the bullpen, but I do think that the top lineup for the Eagles, guys like Jung E. Won, are going to be able to do just enough to get on. I think that Lee sung Ho is going to be able to carry this team in the 5-0. He is up there in years at 35, but he's still been hitting well. 286 batting average. Just one home run so far this year. The Eagles, I believe, are dead last in the KBO, but I think that they'll get that one big hit and win a lower scoring game. So we're going to be taking this total under, and we are going to be taking the plus price here with the Eagles of Hanwha. Game 304-615-304-616. You've got the Samsung Lions playing OCLG Twins. Twins find themselves anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140 favorites. That makes the Lions anywhere between plus 110 and plus 120, and your total on this game it is 10.5. We're seeing a little bit of a range with the juice. It is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 on the over the unders anywhere between even and minus 105 and this is going to be a spot in which you're going to be seeing two younger pitchers the twins will be sending out their Lee Min Ho meanwhile if you take a look at Samsung Woon Tae-in is going to be getting the start and Mr. Tae-in has been uh, not getting too many Tae innings into his diet he is 1-0 so far this year but the ERA is a 573 he's got a combined 10 innings across his two actual starts he made a relief appearance as well against the NC Dinos that was a one inning relief appearance so he's technically appeared in three games for 11 innings, but with that said, in his last 10 total appearances, 9 starts and 1 relief appearance, 8.53 ERA. It has not been ideal as he has given up a home run in 8 out of his last 9 appearances. The only one that he didn't was that 1 inning relief since, so this is someone that certainly 
does give up our contact. And then when you take a look at Lee Min-ho, he has never started a game in his career. He has made two appearances so far this year, young 18-year-old, and both of those appearances were a little bit more of the long relief variety. He wound up seeing one inning against Tucson on May 6th, and then on May 7th, he wound up being able to give the team three innings, 45 pitches, which is pretty much the day after he had that one inning appearance. And he wound up not giving up any runs against the top offense out there in the KBO, aside from maybe the NC Dinos. We'll be talking about them in a minute, but with that said, this is a young guy that has had some success, but obviously, this is going to be his first start, so you gotta think that this is probably gonna be a little bit more of a bullpen game for both these teams. With Samsung, they actually have the top bullpen ERA out there in the KBO, but I think that they are starting to wear down a little bit, and with LG, you gotta think that they're gonna be able to hit a little bit better than they did yesterday. Yesterday, or I should say Wednesday morning, they wound up being able to get six hits and four walks, but they weren't able to do anything with it. Kim Unsu has been terrific so far this year, but he went 0 for 4 in that game. He's hitting a 370 for the campaign. He spent some time with the Phillies on the Baltimore Orioles. You got to think that Roberto Ramos is going to be able to say hot as well. Hitting a 395, leads the KBO with six home runs, and then Lee Chung Wong at the top of the lineup. He has been terrific at getting on base. 340 batting average, had just one hit yesterday. He does a solid job of being able to seal some bases as well. And you even got some guys more towards the bottom of the lineup that are starting to click. OJ Juan is only hitting a buck 71 for the year, but in the 7 hole, he was able to go two of three yesterday. That is something that you like. Ukong Nam is hitting only a buck 56 for the year, but you got to think that that's going to tick upward. And then you take a look at Samsung. Tyler Saladino, he's hitting below a buck 40. I can tell you, as a Milwaukee Brewers fan, this guy is no bueno. But you take a look at what you're able to get out of some of the other bats in Samsung. Kim Young Min has been hitting a buck 67. I think that that's going to see a little bit of a come up along with Park A Min. Both these guys are hitting below the Mendoza line, but who has really been able to impress me is Kuja Wook, hitting a 357. He has been able to go deep just once so far this year, but he's already got three stolen bases to his credit as well, so he does a variety of different things. I think that the top of the Samsung Lions is going to regress a little bit with regards to the lineup, but I think the bottom is going to have a little bit of a rise up, and I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get a whole bunch of hits against two guys that are below the age of 21. They are not of legal drinking age in America. I think that both these bullpens are going to be taxed, but I have a little bit more faith in the Twins being able to hold down the fort with their bullpen rather than the Lions, but I think that this is a spot in which we see five-plus runs for both these teams, but in the end, the LG Twins are able to get the job done. So we are going to be laying it here with the Twins, and we're going to be taking this total over, and we wrap things up with two of the hotter offenses that we've seen in the KBO so far this year. 304617, 304618. The NC Dinos are going to be hitting the road, and they're going to be facing off against the Nusan Bears. The Bears are finding themselves a very slight underdog. You're going to be able to find them as low as even money, and you're going to lay as high as minus 115 with them. Meanwhile, the NC Dinos going to be finding them anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And your total on this game, it is all over the place. We saw it open up at circa at 11.5 with minus 110 both ways, but now it is down to 10.5. With the 10.5, the over is used to minus 115. The under is minus 105. We're also seeing a very similar line at Caesars with the over at minus 120 and the under at even. But you're taking a look offshore. The over-under is at 9.5, but the over is massively juiced. Anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135, which makes the under anywhere between, if you have bad juice, even, or as high as plus 115. So you've got a wide range of numbers on this game. And the big reason why is because you've got one of the better pitching matchups that you're going to find in the KBO tonight, as trotting out there for the Doosan Bears is going to be Yuhoi Kwan. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the NC Dinos, Lee Jay Hawk is going to be able to get the ball. And Mr. Jay Hawk has been pretty solid the last couple years in KBO. Had a 375 ERA last year, 10-4 record. He's not necessarily the 
world's greatest innings eater. He had 43 walks and 129 and a third innings, but so far this year, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job with the walks. 11 and a third innings, three walks. He's given up one home run and 10 punch outs, which that's very good for the KBO, so he has been able to get the job done. He's coming off a performance against the SK Wyverns in which he gave up just one run over the course of six innings, but you take a look at Equan for the Bears. I think that he's going to be able to find it in the start. He's got a 5 ERA so far this year, but what he's done a very good job of is being able to have some good command and keep the ball in the yard. He's given up just one home run in the two starts so far this year, and he's been let down by the defense. He's given up seven runs across these two starts, but two of those runs were unearned, and he's coming off a very good start against the Kia Tigers on the 15th of May, in which he went five innings, did not give up a single earned run. The two runs that he gave up were unearned. He did have four walks in that contest, but prior to that, he had been doing a great job with his command. He went a combined six starts with just three walks. I think he's going to be able to get back to that great command, and I think that that's going to be the key for him. He went 11 and 8 last year, 325 ERA, was a big time innings eater as he wound up being able to issue right around two and a half or so walks per nine innings, which is pretty solid. And the Nissan Bears bullpen got off to a really rocky start to begin the year, but they've been able to do a very good job recently. They went three innings on Wednesday morning. They wound up giving up just one hit. And the NC Dinos, I feel like they are starting to get a little bit burnt out in the bullpen. They wound up having to use a grand total of five different bullpen arms, so they are going to be a little bit more thin with that regard. And when you take a look at both these teams, you've got some big bombers. Ogise Miguel Fernandez for Dusan is hitting above a 300. OJ Ill might be out of the fold in this one. He wound up leaving Wednesday morning's game with a hamstring injury. Park Kun Wu is probably going to do better than the 0 for 4 that he had on Wednesday morning. He's hitting at 220 for the year. Last year he had a 319. This is someone that he's got some good speed if he's able to get on base. He drew 60 walks last year. Has just 6 so far this year. I think that he's going to be able to find a couple ways to get on base and do some 1 through 9. Probably the most fearsome lineup that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And it does seem as though for NC Kim Tae-goon, the normal catcher is starting to get a little bit healthier. He wound up being able to come into the game yesterday. He's been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury and even without him, Young G Ill has been able to do a solid job. He had two hits and a home run yesterday. Na Sung Bomb has been one of the better home run hitters in the KBO as well. Hitting just a 255, so average is a little bit down, but he had four home runs all of last year. That was due to being limited with 23 games due to injury. He's already got four so far this year, so he's back to those numbers, but Aaron Altair continues to be Aaron Terrible. He's hitting a buck 82. You can just have absolutely no faith in him whatsoever. Parkman Wu does a good job of being able to set the table, but seems like a little bit of regression is setting in for him. Hitting a 385 for the year, but went 0 for 4 in the team's last game. As a matter of fact, he's one out of his last eight. I do think that Dusan is going to have a little bit of better pitching in this spot. I think that the bullpen is going to be able to hold it down, but I do think that both these offenses, after playing two unders in the first two games of the series, are going to be able to ignite. I think that Dusan gets a little bit of better pitching, and I think that they just have a little bit more top to bottom in their lineup as the Dinos have been dealing with a couple injuries. So we are going to be laying it here with Dusan, and we are going to be taking this little over as well, and then we'll wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast podcast on this Wednesday afternoon for the Thursday morning games. And a big thanks to Danny Vietti of CBS Sports' MLB coverage for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have a question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at Jaren's 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.